Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Would you recognize the Swedish national anthem? I was just, I was nope. just mentioning the guys on the other side of the glass. Josh Santos. I was telling you. Jeff has a party. I was telling you a bad idea. That we should have the Swedish national anthem as I, some background noise in some of these Leafs discussions. I think that's a terrible idea. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It's like very jingoistic of me, but I don't know if like uh, the EPL came here. We're like, oi, let's put the Canadian national anthem under our discussion about why not? Our, I don't know. Why are you talking over it? Like, be quiet. And that's kind of my opinion. Like, it's like the same way, you know, like we're at a game, we stand up, you do, if you have a hat on, you take it off. Like, I'm not too big of a hardo about this, but we How don't need come? to go out of our way to talk over a country's national anthem. Okay. You bring up an interesting point. So the, the biggest soccer teams in the world do come to North America. They play exhibition games. I got, to my knowledge, has there been a regular season Premier League game played in North America? I know there was this conversation about... I'd hey, be over one, my skis if I'd be I, I know. I, I, wasn't, I, I know it's just you and I on the radio, yeah. and like when I ask a question, it sounds like I'm it asking does. it to you, but I'm, you asking it to, even. <laughs> I'm asking it to the world. Like I don't think that that's ever happened. I know there was a conversation about uh, Champions League final. Could it, could it happen outside of Europe? And boy, I can only imagine the outroar. Mm. Uh, or the uproar. Is there an outroar? I think there's only an uproar. I think uproar. Uh, out of Europe, if in fact, like they played, well, yeah. it's the same conversation you hear in North America about the Super Bowl playing somewhere other than the United States. But would how, that bother you? That wouldn't bother me one iota. I wouldn't care no. at all. No, like if the Super Bowl, Bowl who cares? Because here's the thing. They could play the, it on Mars. Who the, cares? And the Super Bowl is going to be catered to a North American viewing audience. Uh -huh. Like I, I'm, I haven't been to a Super Bowl. I suppose if I, like, I went to the Super Bowl every year, although if I went to the Super Bowl every year, especially in a media capacity and I got to go well, somewhere cool. Yeah, even if not in a media capacity, uh, if you got the sheets to be going to the Super Bowl every year, something tells me the flight to London isn't yeah. going to do you in. Yeah, I just, why do we do this? We're, we're shopping our wares, our North American sporting wares to Europe and they get legit sporting contests that wow. matter, especially in the wow. NFL when you only play 17 times. You get to see, mm -hmm. and this year we saw the top two teams in the AFC doing battle in a regular season game mm -hmm. that mattered with a, an exciting finish between the Chiefs and Dolphins, despite the fact the Dolphins were down 21-0 in that, in that game. How come, hey, we like soccer here, like, and it has grown in import, and man, Premier League, TV rights are, are a valuable commodity. Boy, are they. Woo. I'm pretty sure you you if you threw whatever, Man City, Manchester United at SoFi Stadium, that'd pretty, do pretty good business. That'd be a pretty big deal. How come there's never been discussion about this? I understand that, like, yeah, there's only one Manchester Derby, and it wouldn't be that. You can send your, okay, your Jacksonville Jaguars from yeah. the EPL. Like, you can send Fulham here or whatever. Wild. Yeah, like... How come we don't get that? What a great question oh, yeah, about the intricacies of this trip that doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> I agree. The thing the NHL did, whether it makes sense or not, when they sent the Kings and Coyotes to oh. Australia before the season started, great job. Yeah. It's an exhibition game. It didn't matter. The Coyotes were playing in it, so the game could never matter, even if it was a regular season game. Mm. It boggles the mind. 
that you break up the season this way and play games that matter to give them the best product. Po- like, you know, that's the sales pitch. Like, hey, you want to give them the best product possible. And surely there's no better way to ensure teams are ready to play than make sure they don't play a game for six games leading up into a playing at a weird time zone that they're not used to. Wait, surely that's going to be a great product for honestly, those people. Yeah. Like I said, I just asked Watch the question. <laughs> I asked the question generally not to you specifically about the soccer component mm-hmm. of this. We have the perfect guest on to answer this question. Oh, right. He would know. Yeah. Uh, Josh Cloak of The Athletic in Sweden joins us now. How's it going? How, how's, how's Sweden? Like, I'm, I'm standing in a beautiful old town by and the I'm water. And watching. You. Yeah, and I'm watching some guys, no kidding, about three stories up, trying to trim the largest Christmas tree I've ever seen. Oh, my God. I've, I, found peaks, I found peak Sweden. It's yeah, perfect. that is. Here we are. <laughs> I mean, I, I okay. I get. I, I don't hate necessarily having a Christmas tree up on November sixteenth. There's I, a I'm guy a, on my street who has all his lights on. It's too soon. Sorry, yeah. I know this is not where we're supposed to go, but I, I had mean, to mention it. December first for me is is the the time where it becomes more acceptable, but it it has to be at least inside a month. Anyways, that's not where I wanted to go with you, Josh. Because, okay, the the NHL is sending regular season games routinely to Europe. The NFL has yep. been a rousing success, sending regular season NFL games to Europe. There's, there's consumers of the product in Europe. There's consumers of European sport here in North America, and we get those teams, the biggest teams in the world, on tour and exhibition games, usually over the course of the summer. I, has there been a like a marquee Premier League game ever played in in North America? How come we don't get the thing that we're sending to Europe? Probably because the Premier League wouldn't want to do that to their players. Probably because the players themselves would say, "What's the point?" Mm-hmm. Unless we're going to somewhere like Los Angeles or, oh. or New York, where where these players can kind of promote their own but brand. Do that, right? then. That, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. So why why don't they do that? Like that's not what I'm not t- telling. They're not. They're probably not going to Minnesota. Like I yeah, that is what I'm talking about. Like yeah, what if what if they 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 went to I don't know Giant Stadium or the example I used was was SoFi and Manchester Derby is like yeah the, those those teams are not giving up their one home game against each other obviously, but you could do the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, equivalent. You know at least actually Jacksonville owned. The, the same owner that would just have Fulham play in Jacksonville. Like, how, how come that, how, why isn't that happening? I, I mean, I don't know if, if I knew I, I probably would, would be in a different position than I am now. But oh. like, I, I think from the NHL's perspective, they're, they're probably a little more concerned with um, I, just from what I gather being here, selling stars as opposed to selling teams. Like you could drop any premier league team, in a in a regular season game in North America, and people will come because they have these allegiances to the teams. But you know, William Nylander is the absolute face of this global series right now. Like William Nylander alone is is everywhere, and I think that was probably the thought process here: is just sell the player as opposed to the teams, because I'm going to assume Swedes don't have you know an affinity for the Leafs or you know the Wilds. Um, but that's kind of what I've gathered so far. It's a great question, though. It really is. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great sales pitch for the star of the trip when his 15-game uh, point streak gets snapped because he hasn't played oh, a game in, a, in a week. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to be quite the homecoming for him. Let, let's talk about, you know, I know this is a wild thing to do. Let's talk about the hockey team and the effect that this layoff is going to have on them. I understand all the teams they're playing have a pretty similar schedule, but 
Since the most galvanizing team this iteration of the Leafs has played, they've had an off day, a travel day, a practice which they called a write-off, a better practice yesterday, and then a mandated off day today. What is this Leaf team we see going to look like? I mean, they look shot out of a cannon over the weekend. I understand that they've had, I'm sure, a great time over there, but the idea of carrying anything of that out of that game seems, I mean, it feels like a month ago, for, forget six days. I, I, when I look at all of these games, and I'm talking about the Leafs here, but I talk about all four of them, it feels like a magic eight ball. You just shake it, and who knows what's going to come. What are you expecting to see on the ice from this team when they when they finally play a game again? Well, like, I'm not expecting that that first period, those first 20 minutes to be something the NHL will be proud to, to sell. You know, I'm expecting... What a great idea for the trip. Hockey. Well, I'm expecting sloppy hockey, and I say that, like, obviously I'm not, you know, going through the rigors that these professional athletes are, but, like, I'm trying to work today, and I'm, like, groggy, and I, I don't feel, you know, at my best because of the time change, because, you know, the, the sleep I got two or three nights ago was on a, on a flight, like, I had some Leafs players tell me that they got an hour and a half of sleep on Monday night. And, like, it takes your body time to recover from that. So, yeah, are, should we expect the, the sharpest game tomorrow? Absolutely not. Uh, it'll take time for, you know, players to acclimatize and, you know, get a feel for the game. Um, because even with that first, you know, awful night's sleep the next day, like, players looked into days and they looked better the next day and I will say that you know I noticed you know a lot of time was spent at yesterday's practice focusing on the power play and Guy Boucher in particular was approaching it with an you know an intensity I don't always see uh, in Leafs practice so I think they're aware that this team looks a bit sleepy a bit groggy and I think it's fair to expect that kind of performance at least to start tomorrow yeah which I don't know you can take two tacks and we'll, we'll We'll save it for tomorrow's uh, wake and rake, but, like, does that mean over? Does that mean, like, a lot of penalties maybe? Because guys are, like, I don't know, water skiing. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Actually, we'll get a good indication when we see the first Swedish uh, game today, Red Wings and Ottawa Senators at 2 o'clock. So you mentioned it that this is being sold as, like, the individual stars instead of the team, the Maple Leafs. I, I am a little surprised by that, Josh, because the Leafs have this, I thought, this connection to Sweden with Borja Salming and Matt Sundin, that there would be, and they're the marquee franchise in the sport, that there would be much as there are uh, fans of individual Premier League teams here in North America, and everybody has their affinity for their particular, and hey, listen, a lot of American Chelsea fans because of Pulisic. Um, I'm surprised to hear that there is not a lot of Leaf jerseys floating around in Stockholm is is that the sense that you get that there are there's not like a legion of Leaf fans over there I haven't seen a single Leafs jersey yet oh. which like I can't say I know I've seen a lot of Red Wings jerseys oh um and the and I don't I assume this was by design uh one of my favorite little moments so far and I say this or I tell this short story because everybody hears about Leaf Station and how they travel in droves and you know they're the most loyal fan base in the NHL but I think, I don't know that the Wild flew out a few hundred fans because yesterday, to end Leafs practice, as Leafs practice was wrapping up, a good 200 Wild fans, all decked out in green, just kind of crowded into one section of the arena. And then the team themselves, like the Wild, walked out, you know, players in front of them, and they all got a standing ovation, like a roar during Leafs practice. 
very strange to have, you know, another team cheered on. So, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of Leafs. I haven't seen any Leafs jerseys. But I think, like to your point earlier, uh, without getting too deep in the weeds, like Swedes have their own, you know, hockey clubs here. Yeah, sure. for London, they love it. Yeah, for a yeah long we've time. got MLS here right? too, though. But right, like you, you have like sure. I, I, it's okay. Well, I, is, is it like fair to compare the relationship MLS has to the highest level of soccer to the Swedish Elite League and the National Hockey League? Yeah, but it's the track record. No. If I can jump in there, Josh, I think it's the. I think I, tell me if the you history? agree. I think it's the history. Like you know, Frölunda's been a thing going back to you know seventies, eighty or sixties. Who knows? Even before then, MLS is a relatively, relatively speaking, new entity. That that's my read on it, anyways, Josh. Yeah, like Toronto FC has been in existence for less than twenty years, while for Lunda or, or Jew Gardens, the, the team that you know whose arena the Leafs have been practicing in, like you see them, that you see their flags everywhere here, right? So, like, I, I get that you would think that there would be a connection between. You know, Swedes and the Leafs, given Borja Salming, Matt Sundin, listen, the, the Swedes and the Red Wings, given the, the, the lengthy history there. But, like, a, a big thing that I'm kind of interested in is digging into some of the, the local teams here and, and what they mean. Because, like, you, I've walked by a few bars here, a few sports bars, and you see... Just buy them? Not, no, kind of like, no way you ducked in, eh? Just buy Listen, them. when I'm off the clock, when I'm off the clock, that's my time. <laughs> like me, all I'm going to say is maybe you should be asking uh, Sportsnet legend Sean McKenzie about about that. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave that there in in uh, Radio Land. But listen, there's a there's a connection there that that I don't know uh, that I think like you know for example MLS clubs are are still working towards. And I, I think that's why there's probably still just some, I don't know, what are we going to call it, curiosity from Swedes about these games. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm quite honestly floored to hear that uh, about the Leafs. Like, I was told that this was, they had to go because yeah. of Boria and Mats and the legend. And okay, okay, like, that's all well and good that they love the Red Wings. I expect they would. Lidstrom, great, great player. So I'm trying not to be just like the grumpiest Gus and the Douglas Downer that's ever been about this. But is there anything good that can come from this trip from a Leafs perspective? Again, they had two back-to-back wins. They will not play a game in a week. They're then going to take another week off where they come back with a 2 p.m. game, and then they're going to play a back-to-back to start things off. Like, where is the world where this is anything other than something that handicaps the Leafs for, I won't say the rest of the season, but for the foreseeable, you know, immediate future of, of this NHL season? Well, I mean, I think we could potentially look back a few years from now at this trip being the point when William Nylander became a true megastar in the NHL. Like you've got the point streak, but you've also, you know, got William being kind of, I don't know, third fiddle on this Leafs team and has been for a few years. And I think when you watch him in a vacuum, that that's not really fair. Like he is an incredible talent and he's playing like one of the best players in the world. And what I've seen from William over the past few days is someone who in the past has been a bit reticent to deal with the media and deal with the spotlight. He's embraced it mm-hmm. here in Sweden. And like, you know, I'm sure there's implications there. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, listeners are thinking, what does that mean for his next contract? But just for William my alone mind went. To, to kind of, I know and it's just for William alone to kind of embrace the spotlight. That's really been cool to see because again, this is a guy that doesn't always get his moment in the sun, the way Austin Matthews does. But I think if you look at his play and if you look at the fact that he is 
the the, fa- the the face of this global series this week. Um, it's. I think we are certainly going to look back at this as a bit of a turning point in his career for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who knows if he'll eventually take his teammates to IKEA. Uh, I mean, if it was going to happen, it would be today. <laughs> you can hear me moaning because like you know it's it's fun being in the company of of reporters from around the world because you get to see the the different ways that that Uh they operate and perhaps you know much in the way professional athletes have had their personalities kind of coached over them over the years um you know i i think a lot of these international reporters haven't had that. Yeah. And there's just no filter. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I'm happy to report I'm seeing my first Leafs logo oh. in Sweden right now. On a I'm jersey? I'm going to get a little closer. <laughs> and I'm, I'm now unhappy to report that it is a, a member of the Leafs organization. Oh. So let's, walk, let's walk that back. <laughs> What a sick trip, honestly. It's Austin it's Matthews I'm wearing his jersey. No, saying, I'm Austin <laughs> Matthews. It's the Leafs social team, and oh. they're doing a hell of a job. How are you guys? Um, anyway, oh, very inside God. baseball. Yes, all, very. All, all good, man. Uh, okay, last one before we let you go uh, to, to look at the outside of bars but not go in them. Definitely um, not. <laughs> on the one guaranteed off day of the, of the trip. Matt Sundin is going to have dinner with the, the coaching staff, the, the staff of the Maple Leafs tonight. And he was at the, the Borea Salming documentary premiere earlier on, walking the red carpet. I, I, so there were two things I thought would come out of this trip. One, I already talked to you about that this would be a celebration for so many Leaf fans that live in Sweden. That's not happening. I also thought Matt's would be like, he would just be this huge figure looming over the entire trip. It would be... I, it would be William Nylander would be Matt Sundin and the and the two of them maybe doing some joint press conference. Like, are we gonna? This feels like very limited Matt's we're getting in his home country. Yeah, it's it's funny to say that again. Very inside baseball, but this was a a big topic of discussion last night at dinner and you know whatever happened afterwards. Um, I, I think there's a feeling from people that that have. I think there's a people or feeling from people that have been around the team and know Matt's that. He's just, he did that for a generation. Like he was Mr. Leaf for so long. Um, I'm not going to say he's tired of it, but I think he's done that. Um, And look, Nick Lidstrom and Daniel Alfredson uh, had a press conference today. I don't think there's any plans. The only thing I know is I'm quite sure that Matt's is doing a a joint autograph signing with William Nylander, um, I believe on Saturday, but yeah, it's limited, and I just think Matt's has kind of had his day in the sun, and he's a little more comfortable being out of the spotlight now, and he's earned that right, hasn't he? He's sure. He has. He he has. I, I want him, you I want. Want him front and center. That's not the answer you want. I it's guess. not. No, it's, def- it's definitely not, but I can't sit here and criticize him. Like, he was a good soldier. He did the whole thing, but I'd be lying if I said that was the only thing I was personally taking or hoping to take out of this trip was getting Matt's back in not even the good graces because it's not like it's ostracized or anything it's just just kind of at arm's length right now because his life's over there and everything and yeah I think there's a lot of people kind of disappointed in that but also very very honestly it's it feels like we're right back to the Vancouver trade all over again of people being like ah I don't like this he's earned his right though is kind of where I'm at honestly (laughs) yeah that's a good comparison all right Josh uh thanks as always pal enjoy uh the rest of your Swedish sojourn I I will I'm on uh, I'm on a mission now to to find some seafood like you're not going to get any complaints 
out of me. It's mm. freezing, but uh, but everybody's on bikes. Everybody's out and about and enjoying it. Stockholm is great, mm. um, but I suppose that that doesn't translate for for the way a lot of fans are viewing these games, right? Nope, yeah. nope, nope. And but at least, but it, love you, Josh. Honestly, yeah. like very thankful for you coming yeah. on. I'm glad you're getting to see bicycles over in Stockholm as well. <laughs> yes, listen. Shout out to the the media who get to, to travel to to Sweden, break up the monotony of an 82 game regular season. Uh, see you, Josh. Take care, guys. Uh, it's Josh Cloak of the Athletic. I'm trying not to be that guy, but like I did eventually get to a point there where I just had to ask, okay, one good thing going to come out of this? And the answer to that is that in three years' time, William Nylander might think more highly of himself. Like I'm tongue-in-cheeking a bit, but that was effectively the best thing that the Leafs can take out of this. And personally, myself, I'd like William Nylander to continue to gain confidence in the area that it's mattered the most for him being arguably the le- the best Leaf in the playoffs throughout the entire kind of run they've they've had as Leaf together. So I I am trying. Like, I'm dying for somebody to sell me on why this is good. And every turn we hear, it's like, well, this is bad, but this is not ideal, but mm. oh, we've been told left, right, and center that Leafs Nation and Sweden, there's this kind of... He hasn't seen a Leafs jersey? No, I saw one from oh, a Leaf right. employee. Great. Great. Filming TikToks in Stockholm. Mm. Just for me. Again, like, just like really hyper. I thought at the very least there would be, you know, some Leaf fans. You'd think. Boreas Salming. Like, Matt yeah. Sunday. Okay. Wow. Apparently wow. not. Uh, all right. It's God. good stuff. Uh, time <laughs> now for something to chew on brought to you by Great Canadian Meats Golf. Oh, that does make me happy. Yeah, it does. I had to go to the simulator yesterday because I realized that was what was making me so ornery about Leafs was that if I don't have Leafs in my life, I'm supposed to be able to play golf. So I went to the sim yesterday. I I know I've said this and now a couple Mm -hmm. of times. Yesterday was actually my final golf game of the year. I was going to say I'll believe it when I see it, but I realized that um, it'll be the absence of of seeing. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you not wearing a collar shirt in here is generally speaking a dead tell. (laughs) Yeah, I played pretty well. All right, uh, Rory McIlroy stepping down from the PGA Tour policy board, which was, I mean, just a, a matter of like, it happening like obviously this mm-hmm. guy is never going to do anything other than the bare minimum ever again for the PGA tour left so sour by what transpired being the most fervent defender of the PGA tour being the most fervent offender of mm-hmm. the live tour and that they went behind his back yep. and made strange bedfellows. Yeah. Obviously Rory McIlroy is, is a guy that's, that's very I, I think he's motivated by winning major championships, but also mo- motivated by, I don't know, now t- sticking it to those people that he embarrassed himself for. I think there's something to that. I also think that careful with your definitive nevers here. I th- if you look at the history of the game, like Jack is Jack, Tiger is Tiger. And then all of the other guys that we think of kind of have a thing. Like Arnold Palmer is the guy who made the game the money game that it is today. Mm. Gary Player is the one who kind of made golf this international thing. And look, Rory's never going to be Jack and he's never going to be Tiger. 
his mantle, his thing is the voice of the game. And he's going to take some time where he just focuses on golf and doesn't pop his head up to comment on every, he's not going to be able to help himself. Mm-hmm. The guy doesn't, he for sure runs to the mic to have the, the conversations he's had in the past because he thinks it's the right thing to do, but it's also part of who he is in the game. And I just think he won't be able to keep that part of him at bay. You see the once bitten twice shy. Though. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be sitting there going, I'm going to hold a press conference to discuss this. And I think at first when questions are asked, he will be a little more shielded. It'll be a little closer to the vest. And I, maybe I just say this to somebody who personally, it's like, I am a bit of an overshare. Like you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think Rory's got a bit of that in him that he can be the good soldier or I guess reverse good soldier and just say nothing for a while. But at a certain point in time, he says all this stuff because he thinks about all this stuff all the time. Like part of it was wanting to fight the good fight, but part of it is also just, I firmly believe who he is. So I don't think this is going to be the last we see of Rory at the kind of tip of the spear and conversations about what the game should be. Or, and you know, all this stuff is like inside golf, but like equipment rollbacks and the way majors are going to be going forward and world golf point. Like he's going to step back, but I don't think he'll be able to stay away. It's a moth to the flame. Like he, he, feels he is a part of that conversation and he is no i don't think he ever wants to go through anything like he's been think, through the last year i, I don't, don't think, think he's going to do it he's i don't i to. don't think i i i don't i think we're done hearing rory's opinions on the game of golf uh bad run of luck for him recently though you the, think the bubble for him and tiger woods is the golf league stadium in florida he got weird blown off yeah he got deflated um, so I guess the, the, the rollout of that thing, that. The, the, the rollout for that thing is, I guess, going to be delayed. This is of course, of course, of course, as everybody's anticipating the, the, the golf league, the that's simulator golf league. indoors yeah, into uh, screens and Great. there's a bunch of teams and okay. Yeah. Rory for plays for Boston somehow, some way. Really? Does like he? The Boston Common, I think they're called. Like, Justin Oof. Thomas is like the Atlanta team. Man, yeah. uh, come I, on. I thought we Do hit less. the Nadir with, like, the the live tour team aspect yeah. and the names there with the high flyers yeah. and the range goats. But that's, yeah, that's somehow worse. I will, I will say these these names are better. They're not as cheesy as the the live names. But don't, don't take that as me riding for simulator golf. I'm good on that. Thanks. Mm. Although, although you I'm know, Ty- well, and Tiger's going to be on my TV and I'm not going to be able to, you want to talk about moth to a flame. I sit here being like, ah, who wants to watch simulator golf? Me when Tiger Woods is swinging sticks. It's true. All right. When we come back, we talked about the Ken Rosenthal report about Shohei Otani and the Blue Jays being a sleeper for him. Maybe the biggest takeaway from that report was that the Blue Jays may be putting extension talks on hold between them and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. We'll discuss that and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Ben Annis, Brian Gunning. Major League Baseball's offseason. Oh, it's rolling right along with a whole lot of nothing. Doesn't sound So yet. right on schedule. This is what this is what baseball does. Yeah. Winter meetings are when things start to crank up, which which happens in December. The GM meetings, totally just different. that's where that's where people get sick. Right. People get violently <laughs> ill. GI bug. That's, whipping through. Yeah. And 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 yeah. That thing ended early. The winter meetings is when, yeah. You start to see some motion. Uh, we had the qualifying offers that were all declined. 
specifically when it relates to the Blue Jays, Matt Chapman said, nah, again, $100 million, more than $20 million, so I, I can do that quick math. He yep. said goodbye. You're good. Uh, this is an offseason that's very important for the Blue Jays, who won 89 games a season ago, made the playoffs, which, again, better than the Yankees, is better there, than the Mets, is better there an than the Padres. We won't say that. What are we on, three years now? What? This is an important offseason for this uh, well, sure. I no, mean, no, I'm but not, they're not like, the just, only team. It, pr- it is just like, again, it's like you stress. We talk a lot about like stress points and stress testing. It's like, mm. you know, like we, t- we have this conversation with high leverage innings with relievers. And it's like, what must it be like for every year it to be like, okay, we need a retool. We need to fix things. There's never been an offseason in recent memory where it's like, okay, good job. Let's continue to build. It seems like there's always been hair on fire. Yeah. This is a... Like, am I off base there? I don't no. know. I guess maybe coming out of COVID, it was a little bit of, okay, good step. Let's build. Maybe that was After it. After 15, I mean, they ran it back in 16, although oh, no, they I'm, lost David Price. I'm talking Price. about this, vin- like this Oh, well, this they've done nothing, though. Yeah. They haven't won a playoff game. No, so, I, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like even, even most teams have the one year where you're like, okay, that was a good stride. I guess that would have been the COVID year is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. 20, uh, they make the weirdo playoffs <laughs> in in the first season of stepping forward with Hunjin Ryu and Nate Pearson, remember? Yeah, 21 was such a better team. And God, that's so the better. year. Like, okay, so there's a couple of sliding door years mm. for the Blue Jays. Like, obviously, 2015, you're, you're never going to be able to convince me that that wasn't a better team talent for talent than the Kansas City freaking Royals. And maybe some calls go their way in game six. They win that game. Maybe they win a game seven. Win, maybe win a World lying Series. To Aaron Andrews. The, it's almost like a worse sliding doors scenario for 21 because that was also arguably the best team in the American League. And they missed the playoffs by one game. Mm-hmm. They had Marcus Semyon hitting like almost 50 bombs. So good. They had the best Vladimir Guerrero Jr. we've ever seen. World Series champ, Marcus Semyon. Correct. No, not, yeah, not, then. Not, then. <laughs> not then. They missed the playoffs by one game. This is also a season in which, oh, man, they blew so many games. The bullpen, yeah, yeah, you can put... Marcus Semyon literally committed an error on out 27 in Detroit against the Tigers that cost them going to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like he, the most routine mm-hmm. play that yep. any person on the street with a capable arm could have made. Anyways, that's... I don't know why I'm talking about that, but that that is the I'm sliding door it. moment of this entire generation of, of Blue Jays teams because maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they make a deep run, and maybe Marcus Semyon is returning to the Blue Jays, and maybe there is a run-it-back element to that team. Maybe not, but maybe. All right, anyways, so again, a big offseason for the Blue Jays. Yes. Got to bring in some talent, need a new third baseman or a second baseman, I suppose. I I think you can mix and match with... You know, your your Davis Schneider's, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal at one position, obviously not two. You can't have third base and second base being an open question. You can mm. choose one where you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice with Kevin Biggio in a in a full season, at least in a, a, a platoon capacity. So they need to add some pieces. But they also are under the gun when it comes to the diminishing timeline of team control. On Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. Two more years. Mm-hmm. That's it. So Ken Rosenthal, if you missed it, off the top of the show, I'm, I mentioned his report in The Athletic. And the the big headline item is the Blue Jays are a sleeper for Shohei Otani, according to one rival executive. So also, yeah, we should note, you know, in trying to figure out if this is the same executive as the Jeff Passan mm-hmm. executive, this is a rival executive, Ooh. okay? So this guy doesn't 
worked for the Blue Jays. A rival it's funny exactly. that that could mean any team, but I immediately go like, it has to be an Aleys. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not. That's yeah. not how it works. Right. Like, they're That's all Brian rivals Cashman, with each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does immediately go to like, oh, conspiracy theory? Yeah. Oh, well, I was like, I was about to make a joke about Mr. Matt, but that wouldn't help. Whatever the Yankees, like, I don't, don't think have he's viewed as an executive. No. Also, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> Cohen probably paying him a lot. I bet he makes more than some execs. Also, honestly, there's here's my tinfoil hat on rival executives. Always good for this. It's Brian Cashman putting the pressure on the Blue Jays front office. It's like, oh yeah, those guys are gonna get Shohei Otani, don't you know? Yeah, that's it. That's the Shohei Otani team. Look at that team. If they don't get it, what a disaster right. in Toronto. If they don't get Shohei Otani himself when he doesn't get Shohei. Right. right. Anyways, okay. rival. I'm here for that. Executive views the Blue Jays as a, a sleeper for Shohei Otani. Mm, the exact rationale is this: any plans the Jays had to sign Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette to massive extensions might now be on hold. And then yada yada. yada. I read the rest of it. Right. You can check it out. <laughs> Any plans the Jays had to sign Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Boba Shett to massive extensions might be on hold? Okay, so I, I understand maybe the performance part of it for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., not for Boba Shett. And wh- why are we at this place where they're on hold? This is not, I'm, and maybe it is. This is not Noah Hannafin with the Calgary Flames no. where they're like, they, they, it was right there. It was like, put pen to paper mm-hmm. and eh, give me some time to think about it. What was it, 50, 60 yeah, million yeah. dollar extension? Yep. And the Flames are like, oh, we suck. Right. We got to tear this thing down to nope. the studs. We got to get as many first-round picks as we can for these three pending free agent defensemen. So we're not signing anybody to any extension. It's not that necessarily. But what does that mean that plans to sign those guys to extensions might be on hold? I mean, if you want to be the most charitable view of it, it means they're super close or at least a possibility of signing Shohei Otani. If you're going to go give Shohei Otani half a billion dollars or whatever it's going to end up being for him, even the richest teams in baseball, even old Stevie Cohen would want to say, okay, hold on, <laughs> let's get that taken care of before we go give these guys 200 or 300 million or whatever the, the deal ends up being for, for them. So that's the most charitable view of it. The other side of it as well is that there's some uncertainty about what those players are. I think there's obviously less certain uncertainty with Bo. You're much more certain about what he is. I wonder if there's a bit of a chasm of value. You know, Bichette, obviously, like, he's going to want to ring the bell when he rings it. So I could see there being something on hold there. With Vladdy, I think it's just a much more of a question mark. It's the thing we've talked about all this time of, you know, the close your eyes and picture the next 10 years of Laddie's career. And it's not quite going to go. I think for a lot of people, the same way they would have thought even a year or, or two ago. So I think immediately your mind goes to Shohei, but I also think it could just be about the uncertainty. I mean, more so with Vlad than with Bo, but on the player. I think this team is preparing for a potential total pivot after two more years of this. Yeah. That it is closer to the Noah Hannafin thing than mm. you'd like to think. So two more years of team control for Bobachet and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And for Bobachet, it's not just team control. No, He's under contract. Up. Was it 11-11? They, don't have, to, they, they don't have to go to arbitration. He's yeah. going to make uh, over 12 this year and over 17 in 25. And then both are going to be free agents. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has two more years of arbitration where he's going to make more than Bobachet. George Springer, Kevin Gossman, under contract for 2026, but just 2026. Mm-hmm. Jose Barrios is the only guy that's locked up beyond 2026. Right. And like I said, Springer, Gossman, only under contract for one more year beyond Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bobichet. Mm-hmm. If this goes sideways, like, and there is not 
concrete evidence that this is right. a World Ser- Series caliber roster. And uh, who knows if it's going to be this executive structure in, in charge to do it. But they are going to not just run it back with Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and then fix the surrounding cast. Right. There could be a full-scale sell every piece that has any modicum of value off and let's do the lose 100 games for three years and then build it up from the studs. Man, that is, uh, that'd be quite the the pivot. But it goes back to the conversation you've been, man, you've been the king of banging this drum. It's like, if you're thinking about doing that, I under I understand the idea of wanting to give yourself one more crack at it. But what's the value for? I mean, forget Gosman and Springer and things along those lines. What's the Vlad, What's the value for Vlad one year from his walk year? Mm-hmm. Like, what really is that value? Especially if the year looks like it did last year, as opposed to, you know, the borderline MVP season that we saw, which is to be expected, quite frankly. Until he gives you something close to that, it's going to look a lot more like last year. If you're at all thinking that's a possibility, I think you have to be doing your due diligence to think about that trade now. If you're if you think that's, you know, a possibility and it's not a zero chance, like you said, you have to do your due diligence to do that. And then I do wonder how much the Shohei thing is real. Because if it is, it does preclude you from doing that stuff. Shohei Otani doesn't mm. want to hear. And obviously there's a baseball trade that he could want, but in, you know, just layman's terms here. He doesn't want to hear I'm signing with the Blue Jays and Vlad and Bo are both gone. He doesn't no. want to hear that. Well, that's the thing. Like, if if I think the plan could change, if you there, it feels like there's two very distinct tracks here and get Shohei or tear it all down. <laughs> not <laughs> not, quite. not like, but like have the possibility of tearing it down. Yeah. Be in front of you if you don't sign Shohei Otani. If you sign Shohei Otani and I know Connor McDavid doesn't want to be in charge of, right. of the Edmonton Oilers, and I'm sure uh, Shohei Otani doesn't want to be in, t- in charge of the Blue Jays, but what is happening is if, if you, to your point, if you sign Shohei Otani, you're maybe like the next day signing Bo and Vlad to extension. Entirely possible, right? Like because once that, because once you're paying that, just paying that guy alone, it's winning time. Like yeah. there's no... There's no, eh, I wonder what we could be this year. The Angels just did that, okay? In for a penny, in for a pound if you oh, sign Shohei Otani. But if you ton. done, if you don't do that, then, yeah, I think the possibility very much exists that after a couple more years of Bo and Vlad, and it doesn't go the, the way you expect it to, like, if you don't win a playoff game, which they haven't done yet. And, One run last year. And I know you, you're. it's a good point about, hey, what is your return on Vlad in trade, especially if he's not 2021 guy and he's closer to free agency, you know what's worse than getting a limited return in, in Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? It, it, well, there's that, but there's, and you're showing the zero, but it's also, you know what's worse for a team that is not going to be Steve Cohen's Mets is signing him to a half a billion dollar deal that is an anchor right. on your roster because he is a guy that plays a position where there's no versus well there's hey, there's yeah taking ground balls a there's third, no then. defensive upside there and he's a league average hitter like yeah. you can't be paying that guy no. 40 million dollars a year for a decade so yeah i think there's a big decision upcoming for this front office uh, it would be a tough time to be going through a transition which also might be possible if the, the blue jays continue to underperform before we get to the wake and rake i want to get to some of the respondents to the yeah, i wonder what friends you'll be reading 
I mean, you can go ahead and pick the ones that you like. I too. feel I feel totally fine with it. I feel no desire or need to defend myself. I handled everything perfectly well. Yeah. Okay. And you're Again, about to sugar if you coat. missed it, you're about to cherry pick. I was about to say sugarcoat. You're about to cherry pick. I the saw Brent Gunning in an intersection yesterday, not looking to turn the, left. Was far enough in, was nope, far was enough into the intersection that obviously across the pedestrian walkway. So okay, not but in, in the it, intersection. Yeah, okay, but. In the pedestrian walkway, light turns red. He doesn't turn left. Instead, reverses out of the intersection. Again, that's uh, not no. It's a bad description of what happened, but that's okay. Go Halfway ahead. into the pedestrian walkway is into the intersection. I, you I, obviously felt it was far enough that you had to reverse. Anyways. <laughs> I disagree because uh, the pedestrian walkway Rick is not Toronto, the intersection. I, I don't advise people, if you're going to send a text to 59590, to send a long one unless you're... Unless you're agreeing with you, in which case you're going to read it. Yeah. 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 Let's, like, let's just call it spades. Hey, Bad man. driving is an epidemic in the city. There should be a referendum on driving schools and the people issuing driver's licenses. I find that people making left turns nowadays really don't know how to make a left turn, and half the time they fall asleep making a left turn and they forget they're supposed to turn. But my biggest pet peeve is when somebody's lane is ending and they decide to have a school uh, or have to shoot all the way up to the blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, actually, I don't agree with that part. Like, oh, okay. Zipper merge. Zipper merge is actually the way you should approach so, that. I think what everyone needs to realize with this is Ben's right at all times and, okay. and he thinks the behind the wheel. The first part of this text yep. is bang on though. Okay. Like, sure. okay, here's the here's the thing with driver's licenses, okay? Okay. Anyone who's been on the street knows this. Yeah. He's driven in a car. There's so many bad drivers. Mm -hmm. If you want to drive, eventually you're going to get your driver's license. Like, there's no limit to the number of times you can do your driver's test, is right? Is there not? I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know. You'll be dealing with this sooner rather than you'd like. There's not. I'm going to be on with J.D. Bunkus later on. He's done a number of driver's I was going to say, no, tests. surely you should get Bunk to, no. to the arbiter of rules of the road. No, he's he's... Just, he has his G2. He just recently earned it, and for reasons that are infuriating to him, he has to be reverted back to a G1. Anyways, he's taken a million driver's tests, right? Okay. You can keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Sure. I, I think we solve a lot of problems here. We we do put a limit on it. At a certain point, like, hey, man, uh, and you know what? Maybe we have a government program where we subsidize your public transit, but you can't drive. Like, I'm sorry. You're just, this isn't for you. That is, <laughs> it's, it's so dangerous, and you're so bad. Like, what what you think there's a, a like a hundred percent of the world populace has the the brain capacity, has the spatial awareness to drive a motor vehicle? There is no chance. We shouldn't be giving everybody driver's licenses, especially you. Okay. I don't disagree with most of what you're saying, except you would I again would just like to point out that you have basically completely misrepresented what happened here, and I don't think anyone cares for the point of me relitigating re it, so I honestly think we should just move on, but you are really not doing a good job of, yeah, right. of giving the fact. I know what fact. I saw. No, no. I know what no, I saw. I know what you saw, and what you saw and what uh, you're telling uh -huh. people are two very different things right now. In the intersection, looking to turn left. Not right, in the intersection. Light turned red. Not in the you intersection. Didn't, you didn't, okay, whatever. You were far enough. Okay, that the light what, turned red whatever. that you it's hit only reverse. The crux. It's only the crux of the argument. You're right. I like the text where it says, was there a pedestrian present? Yes. Okay. Gee. Okay. I'm oh, in the right. Oh, man. I screwed up. I should have turned left. No. I should have turned left. I should have gone through. Okay. Are yeah. you done? Are you done? No. I, okay. Good. Because I, I like. I just want you. I want you <laughs> no. to know. Here's no. Here is my threat. No. Here is my threat to you and to everyone listening. For every second you talk about this, 
I will be doing 15 minutes of Sweden complaining. <laughs> so I'm just like, no, hey, this is no, listen, no, 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 I'm burning off the Sweden complaining that's already happened. Come on. Like, isn't it like time served? No, it's not. Because <laughs> until somebody can tell me one good thing that's going to come out of this trip, mm. maybe Luke Fox coming up shortly, until one person can tell me one good thing that's come out of this, there's no amount of Sweden complaining that's too much. But I'm happy that you've been able to lie to everyone about what you saw on the road yesterday. Allison Craig, uh, who uh, follows the show on Twitter, yeah. at Law and Chocolate. Yeah, uh, no, lawyer, great account. Si- yeah. Significant uh, lawyer in yes. the city of Toronto. Hit it perfectly. I have a great response to this, so careful what you say. Okay, so I put Scott Hartnell in prison yesterday for taking his shoes off on planes, but uh, she says, I am generally a prison abolitionist, Yes, but this should be automatic penitentiary time. That's I great. Uh, here's what I have to say to her. What? Uh, everyone deserves a good defense, so I'm going to tab you to defend me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that should really be in a box. It would, but guess what? <laughs> you got you to gotta do it. That's the job, All I right. think. All I don't right. know. Okay, time now for... The Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Al Michaels looking at the schedule today. And what? He's taken aback. <laughs> I got I hope somebody's, you know, his agency didn't want to startle him with, with this, but this is a real football game they on should Thursday him, night football. They should give him smelling salts in the booth just so he knows, like, this is a real one. This is in a couple of desperate teams coming off pretty uh, tough defeats. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, Bengals, Ravens in an AFC North affair uh, in Baltimore and the Ravens three and a half point favorites against a Bengals team. They've already beaten this season, but that was Mm -hmm. in the before times with the Joe Burrow nursing the injury times. The Ravens are a fine squadron uh, and amongst the, the best in the AFC. But when you got... Joe Burrow, Joe Burrowing, and especially considering the way that game ended a week ago and him, yep. man, almost being able to to put his team in position to win. I, I like Joe Burrow's getting points and and has a chance to just saw off the season series. They're not losing both games to Baltimore. I love you get three and a half with Joe Burrow on the road, the Bengals. Give me that. I'm not as confident as you. That is my lean, though. You take the points of the Bengals. I actually like the under in this one. A little counterintuitive the way both offenses have been humming. But Burrow's going to be without one of his weapons and Higgins tonight. Mm-hmm. Thursday nighters, usually a little sloppier than not. So I like the under uh, as well. That's actually my lean there. It's 46, and you get it minus 110 either side of it. But give me the under. couple of streaking teams meeting in Pittsburgh tonight, 7 o'clock on Sportsnet Ontario and Sportsnet East as the Penguins hosting the Devils and the Penguins um, riding a five-game winning streak are minus 149 against the Devils that are plus 125. Like I did yesterday, I'm, I'm going against the streak. Mm. Like, th- this is not a Penguins team that I don't think is going to win 50 in a row. Uh, give me give me the Devils at plus 125. Uh, Jersey has combined to score more than 6.5 in 11 of 14 games uh, this season with their opponents. 6.5 is the over. You got to pay minus 133 there. That's the thing I'm most confident in that game. Go over the 6.5. That was the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet. Local, when we come back, we will go back to Sweden. Talk to our very own Luke Fox as the Leafs get set to play a hockey game at 2 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings, who play today against the Ottawa Senators. That's next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.